0: If you've got a Bible, uh, turn with me to Daniel chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4, how many of you believe in modern-day miracles, modern-day miracles, right? Say we're going to see two today. Number one, pastor's going to finish on time. Get me out of (laughs) here. And number two, I'm going to see a miracle that uh, this Word's going to change you. That's going to be the second miracle today, right? Amen. So we've been in a little series that I self-entitled Step Study for any of those um, not familiar with the ministry of Oaks Church. Uh, I have been IV cocaine-free since I was 21 years old. I'm 44 today. And uh, in that journey, um, it's given me the opportunity to, to reach and to share and to teach and to pastor and to help a lot of other people. There's many of you in this room that that do the same. And um, I just got to thinking about all of these principles that I have learned in the last two decades applied to my life. And I got to looking at them in a broader sense, and and I realized they weren't just for people with addiction issues, that that they were for people with all types of, of issues. And if you're a person, you've got issues, amen? So I realized that there was some unilateral applicability to to the step study principles So I just said you know what first time in two decades I've done every sermon series known to man never done one called step study Let's just do four weeks of step study. You may remember a few weeks ago. We covered um, Step one we admitted that we were powerless over our problems and that our lives had become unmanageable How many of you were here for that sermon talking about Naaman and how Naaman Uh, Was a military commander. He was a general. He was wealthy. He was rich He had everything you're supposed to have on the outside, but inside he had leprosy and how if he continued to deny this one area of leprosy Eventually the one area that he would deny would take everything else from him that he had take his family take his resources take his status Today we're going to talk about step two came to believe they would say that a higher power in AA circles, but we came to believe that God, who is our greater power, could restore our lives to a place of sanity. Sanity. So you remember that second miracle we talked about today? The miracle that this word was going to change you? Here's, here, here it is in a nutshell. You first got to believe that you're insane. <laughs> And the truth of the matter is, you are without God. I am without God. We, we, can, we can get into this, what I would call, John, grandioso thinking, where, where we think we know it all and we got it all and we're a God unto ourselves and accountable to no one. And we get into this thinking, which is a pattern of insanity, and then eventually through the course of time, something occurs, something happens that wakes us up that wait a minute I may not be as sane as I thought I was and is there hope is there a God is there a creator does he love me is he for me can he restore my sanity and my life back to the place that he originally intended it to be and that's the miracle I want to see happen today in each and every one of your lives in order for that to occur I want to go to Daniel chapter 4 does anybody know how many languages the entire Bible is written in genesis to revelation the canon of scripture 66 books two languages old testament would be in hebrew new testament would be in koinonia greek does anybody know the only chapter in the bible written in a third language it's the second half of daniel chapter 4. it's written in aramaic because it's written by king nebuchadnezzar himself after nebuchadnezzar goes through this experience of being humbled in his grandioso thinking he is allowed as a gentile to write one half of a chapter in the canon of scripture today and he writes in his language aramaic you ought to go home and read the second half of that chapter today after god restored his life and his mind to a place of sanity what he wrote he was prior to that and what he wrote about god after that after verse 34 says through 37 this time had passed i nebuchadnezzar looked up to the heavens and my sanity then returned to me and i began to praise and to worship the most high god and i honored the true one who lives forever his rule is everlasting and his kingdom is eternal and all the people on the earth are nothing compared to him he does as he pleases among the angels in heaven and among the people on the earth no one can stop him or say to him what do you mean by doing all of these things When my sanity then returned to me, Nebuchadnezzar wrote, so did my honor and the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and my nobles came and found me. They sought me out and they restored me as the head of the Babylonian kingdom. Now in this state at a greater place of honor than I ever had before. somebody say, I love the God of restoration. I love the God of restoration. You think you had it good before without God. You wait till you have it this next time with God it'll be greater than it was before and i nebuchadnezzar could do nothing but praise and glorify and give honor to the king of heaven all of his acts are just and true because he is able to humble the proud father today i want to talk about grandioso thinking we all have it and we all need to be aware of it god as we look at this second message in this small series entitled step study as we look at step number two you God restoring our lives to a place of sanity God what we want you to do by the loving gracious person of the Holy Spirit is show us these areas in our lives of madness and insanity show us where we've normalized them show us where where we've legitimized them show us where we've accepted them and where you're calling for change in them today i ask it today in jesus name amen and amen would you give a hand to pastor chad and the worship team as they led us into the presence of god this morning here's what dictionary.com says about the word insanity it is a derangement of the mind Another definition, a sub-definition of insanity is that it is extreme foolishness, extreme foolishness. Now, I just got a poll, popular opinion here, would anybody say about the neighbor to the left of you or the right of you, I have seen you in a season of extreme foolishness. Come on, raise your hand. All right. (laughs) Say, I sure have. I saw you acting like that, talking like that, posting like that, living like that. I saw you believing like—now, how many of you by the same token would say, I have seen myself? All them hands went down. Oh no, I ain't never. I don't act foolish. Isn't it easy to see the foolishness in other people's lives? Isn't it harder to see and accept the foolishness in our own? Here's another definition, and I'll get off of this in just a moment, it's not generally my my pace to be quoting or to be reading definitions out of dictionaries. It says, it's a foolishness or a senseless action, a continued behavior, a policy, or a statement that someone begins to believe in and adhere to. Albert Einstein's definition is probably the most famous today, that insanity is doing what you've always done expecting it to pay you or to give you a different result doing what you've always done i'm gonna to continue to believe like this i'm gonna to continue to live like this i'm gonna to continue to hope like, i'm gonna to continue to feel like this i'm gonna to continue to stay bound by the expecting that when i wake up tomorrow there's gonna to be something miraculous in the cup of Folgers that changes everything about how i'm living it just doesn't happen Folgers isn't that good anyways <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a coffee war in here. <laughs> Standard seven square community, y'all are facing a fallout over coffee in here today. Number one, they're going to just throw this on the screen, this is where I want to get to. Grandioso thinking happens when we deny the truth about our current situations. I, I, I just want to show it to you, if you can't honestly look at your current situation, and, and honestly evaluate it, I want you to know you're on the precipice or you may have already even stepped over into to a place of derangement, foolishness, of grandioso thinking. Here's what the scripture says in Daniel chapter 4, verses 28 happened in Nebuchadnezzar. But all these things... Did happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. 12 months later, he was taking a walk on the flat of his roof in the royal palace of the, the ruling kingdom of the world, the kingdom of Babylon. And he looked out across the city, you guys pay attention, and he said, Look at all of this. Look at this greatness. Look at what I've amassed. Look at this life I put together. Look at this kingdom. Look at this city. And I have done all of this by my own good looks, by my own intelligence, by my own connections, by my own mighty power. I have built all of this beautiful life that I have today, this city as my royal residence to display the grandeur of my own splendor. While these words, grandioso thinking, were still in his mouth, the God who sets high and looks low, who does what he wants among the angels and among men, called down from heaven and said, "Oh Nebuchadnezzar, this is the message for you. You will no longer be the ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live out in the fields as a wild animal. You'll eat grass like a cow and seven periods of time will pass over you. That's seven years until you come to a place of humiliation, to a place of submission, till you get to the place of learning that the Most High Himself, one and only, rules over the kingdoms of this world. And He gives the powers of these kingdoms to whom He wishes. I know what, what many of you are probably thinking right now, what, what, what is a man living like an animal, eating grass like an ox for seven years? What, what, does what any of that have to do with me? Just stay with me. I'm, I'm going to drop it off on your doorstep today like a FedEx driver, I promise, before it's all over. Here's the very first thing that I want you to see happen with King Nebuchadnezzar. He, he, he was denying the truth about his current situation. He, he was looking around. Let's just use him for example, but I don't want you to only see him i want you to see you he was looking at this majestic marvelous fabulous beautiful kingdom and he was saying in denying the truth in grandioso thinking i created this i did all of this it's because of me what was happening here is he began to believe his own press. He began to believe his own praise reports. He began to believe his own pride. He began to believe his own emotions, and he really got to a place where he thought he was above it all. I don't have to follow the rules. I don't have to drive the speed limit. I don't have to follow the court process. I don't have to live the way God says. I don't have to line up with Scripture. I don't have to follow the Holy Spirit. Look at how gifted I am. Look at how beautiful I am. Look at how wealthy I am. I can bend the rules for me. I'm above it all. It doesn't apply to me. It applies to them, but it doesn't apply to me. I watched a, a very powerful, emotional, raw, and real five-minute video yesterday, and it's, it's out there, so I, I think this is okay, and, and, and I don't mean any harm in this, um, but a, a West Monroe uh, a local young man that grew up here, Pastor Mark Foster's son Jeremy Foster, left here and went and started a a great church called Hope City in Houston, and, and their church just exploded. And at the height of the church exploded, and them reaching thousands, Pastor Jeremy had to step down and step away for the last year. And he came out yesterday after one year and said, hey, this is where I've been. I made a mistake. I hurt people. I let people down. I had a moral failure in my life. And what happened is I got to go in too fast. I got to believing I was above it all, and the rules didn't apply to me. And the very thing that I swore could never happen to me happened to me. And he just said, and I'm sorry, and I apologize, and don't let it rock your faith, and all I know to do is humble myself and get better and serve God and see what God's plans are for my future, which I respect that. But let me tell you, he said, and if you're watching this video, and if you You've got some grandioso thinking that you think you're better, you're above, it doesn't apply to you. Trust me, you are the candidate that the enemy is knocking on his door to pull you down to a place that you didn't even know you were about to go. The Bible says, I think it says it this way, let him that thinks he stand, let him that thinks he's standing take heed because he is the closest to falling. The person that says, oh, not me, never, couldn't be. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's for you. The Bible goes on to say here that, that Nebuchadnezzar kind of got to this place where he thought he had to give accountability to no man. He, he didn't have to give accountability to any of the accountability packs and partners that God had placed in his life. Let me make this statement. Denying the truth about any situation with grandioso thinking is just a telltale sign of insanity if you think now let me just bring it to you your situation is different and it won't bite you or it won't get you or it won't drain you or it won't break you trust me you have gone into a mental state of derangement you have gone into a place where you believe you're god you don't need accountability the rules don't apply to you and you are right on the verge of being pulled into a place of failure And, and unfortunately, Brooke picks at me all the time. Brooke says, Baby, I could help you if you would just listen to me. <laughs> she she says, You have some great men in your life. You have some great men. You have some great stuff. Like we could all help you. She says, Why do you have to learn everything the hard way? I, I can't remember which rapper wrote that song, but he says, It's a hard, not life for. Uh, <laughs> I grew up, graduated, PhD, School of Hard Knocks. But unfortunately for many of us, we continue in this insanity, we continue in this grandioso thinking that the rules are different for me till we get to a place until the lessons of life humble us and break us and bring us to a place of humiliation where we're really ready to listen. Number two, they're going to put this on the screen as well grandioso thinking always paves the way for a catastrophic fall that leads to humiliation you 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 can persist in saying oh not me not us not this way no 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 it's different we're cool we got it it's under control it's not it's not leading us all right let's just go a step deeper maybe we'll quit talking about actions maybe we'll go to emotions oh no bitterness doesn't affect me Trauma doesn't affect me. Th- those dad issues I have, those mom issues I have, those-, those people issues I have, that rejection I felt or that abuse I took as a little girl, that thing's not affecting me. And we just keep cramming it and covering it under addictions and under pills and under bottles and under makeup and under Botox and under surgeries. And we just keep trying to fix it, saying, it doesn't apply to me. I'm different. I got this. I got this. Until one day, something breaks that a surgery can't fix, that a relationship can't fix, that a Facebook message can't fix, that a 30-minute counseling session can't fix, till we end up in a place of brokenness, in humiliation. Grandioso thinking always paves the way for a catastrophic fall that leads to great humiliation. That same hour, that I, Nebuchadnezzar, was walking on the flat of my roof claiming that the rules were different for me. The judgment came and was fulfilled. And Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society and he began to eat grass like a cow. You're saying, oh, you're telling me that God's gonna make me go out in a field and eat grass like a cow. No, I'm telling you, I kept on with my derangement. I carried on with my insanity till I was running in a Mustang Mach 1 on I-20 from Shreveport to Bozier with a helicopter in the air, jumped out on foot, ran on the back of Barksdale Air Force Base. And I swore I was the only one sane in the conversation until they finally got a hold to me and broke me and beat me. And Fixed my nose for me forever and my ribs for me forever and got me down into a place where I was really handcuffed and submitted to what God was trying to say and then I woke up on the front page with a black eye and a broke nose and three-time convicted felon and facing a life sentence and in that moment I realized that I was the only Unsane one in the conversation I Carried on and kept on and you have as well Until we wake up one day not eating grass like a cow till we're driven from society, driven away from our friends, driven away from our families, driven away from the people that really care for us, that really love us, until we're made an outcast, until we're made a, uh, 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 God, I don't want to say the wrong word there. Mm. Keep on and keep on till we get in these places of isolation. in in these places of loneliness, in this place of insecurity, to where everybody seems like they're against us. You end up animal like, living by your instincts, living, living, living by desires inside of you that aren't natural, they're unnatural. And you start doing what lust cries out for, and greed cries out for, and pride cries out for, and your emotions cry out for, and your lust cry out for, and you end up out there doing things that you would never do and swore you would never become, and being who you said you would never be because you kept persisting with your grandioso thinking that your insanity was sanity, that everybody else was crazy, and you were the only one sane. and the truth of the matter is God let you keep doing it until you got yourself into a place where you were humbled and God could wake you up to who was really there for you. He didn't do it to judge you. He didn't do it to punish you. He did it and allowed you to get there so that one day, hopefully, prayerfully, you would wake up and say, what am I doing here in this pig pen? Why am I away from my father's house? They have food enough to spare. And I sat here wasting, perishing with hunger. What's going on with me? It's through humiliation that we oftentimes awaken to the insanity of our own grandioso thinking. Oftentimes it takes that hard knock like, It takes that humiliation. It takes that fall. It takes that, that wake-up call. How did I get myself here? Could have been avoided. But our grandioso thinking. Number three, grandioso thinking. Pastor Chad, would you come and help me land this plane since we had such a great time in worship today? Number three, grandioso thinking will inevitably leads you back to a place of true grandeur. Grandioso thinking, you just keep thinking grandioso long enough. You'll wake up one day and realize who's really grand. Come on. Come on. After this time had passed, I Nebuchadnezzar looked up to heaven. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> the Bible said he had claws like an eagle's talons. His hair grew like wild feathers. He, he out there eating grass and you 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 think this is you think this is allegorical or, or funny. this is literal, but the allegories in it represent the insanity that many of you have spent more than seven years in, like an animal doing what your desires cried out and craved for you to do and 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 you were unwilling, everybody else could look at you and go, "My god what is what is going?" On? I used to go in a convenience store at three in the morning, and it was it In three seconds, everybody in there knew I was a drug addict. It took me 30 minutes to go down the candy aisle. By the time I go down the aisle, I forgot what I even went in there for. One person in that store didn't know I was insane. Me. One person doesn't know you trust me your wife knows trust me your bff knows your mama knows your daddy knows your sister knows they just scared to tell you you know what you do with them claws you scratch people and hurt people and tear them up. you've been running around out there like an animal look at all i got look at all i did look at all i did Look at all, look at this life we live in. We, we're the exception to the rule. Look what I can get away with and do that nobody else can get away with and do. Yeah. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. Don't. My grandma used to say, try me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try me. God said, try me. Try me. Try me. Not, not try me. As in I'm gonna get you. Try to redefine, try to rearrange, try to reallocate how I've said life should go. You don't have the authority to do that. You're the creation, not the creator. The creator says, this is how it rolls. This is how it goes. This is how you do it. And he says, now try me. See if you do it this way, if I won't do this. But see if you persist in doing it this way, if it won't produce that. Cause and effects. My grandioso thinking, I'm not hurt, I'm not bitter, I'm not anxious, I'm not depressed, I'm not lonely, I'm not addicted, I'm not arrogant, I'm not prideful, I'm not a racist, I'm not mean-spirited, I'm not hurt, I don't have trauma, I'm good. I got a coping mechanism. Try me, I've tried every coping mechanism out there, they don't work like God. After the time had passed, I Nebuchadnezzar, out there like an animal finally one day I don't know if his back started hurting or what my back would have been hurting seven minutes in he he said God I think I'm doing this wrong he looked up to heaven you know what that means looked up to heaven he didn't say he looked down to heaven He didn't look down to God, he looked up to God. In that moment, he said, God, I got my place and I now understand your place. I looked up to heaven and in that moment when his heart acknowledged that God was creator, sustainer, that God was all, something changed in his heart and said, I'm not who I thought I was and you are who you said you were. And all of a sudden, his sanity returned. My sanity returned. Pastor Chad, what's the easiest people, I was on my, I was walking in this morning, did you, when we started worship, did you say, hey, welcome, or whatever we say, do you, if you want to come down front to the no altar that we don't have right now, and worship, did you do that? Because when I got up here to sit down this morning, it was like three or four ladies in my chair, I was just going to give them the chair, I don't care, so you must have did that. Who are the easiest people to get to come to the altar? got a lot worship. Jesus said, if you've been forgiven little, you love little. You've been forgiven much, you love much. said, look, this brother said, I've been walking around in here like an animal for seven years, persisting in my insanity with this grandioso thinking. And all of a sudden, all I had to do is acknowledge that he is God. My sanity returned. And the next thing that started flowing out of his heart was praise and worship. I now know who you are begin to worship and honor the most high the one who lives forever check this out his rule is everlasting and his kingdom is eternal and all the people of the earth are nothing compared to him he does as he pleases among the angels and the people no one can say to him why do you do things the way that you do?" And when my sanity returned to me so did the honor and the glory of my kingdom my advisors sought me out they restored to me my kingdom it was greater than before i nebuchadnezzar write this to you now i give praise and glory to the king of heaven all his acts are just and true and he is even able to humble the proud. Heaven must be acknowledged for our insanity to stop. Sanity begins to be restored when we put God in the right place in our lives, back on the throne. Once true grandeur, God's greatness is acknowledged. We are delivered from the insanity of grandioso thinking. We're not God. We're accountable to God. And He is the one true higher power of all the heavens and the earth. He can and will restore all of those here today who will trust in Him again. God, our higher power, can remedy the madness of our lives and restore our lives to places they never even were before if we entrust to him the insanity of our grandioso thinking I think if I was just going to probably not even use notes and just share this sermon in a staff Devo or a, with some stranger out on the street, I, w- I would just say, hey, if, if you feel like today the Holy Spirit's saying to you, you've got some, you've got some grandioso thinking going on in your life, you've, you've got some insanity that you've not noticed. The very first thing that you've got to do today is you just got to acknowledge God. See, the, the, the minute you acknowledge light, darkness begins to leave. The minute you acknowledge right, wrong begins to be shaken. The minute you begin to honor God's power, all inferior power begins to weaken. The minute you acknowledge God and that order and structure starts coming back in your life, all the disorder begins. acknowledge God here's the second thing I told you this several days ago we were here and you would say what would God say to someone in the most deplorable situation what would God say to somebody on death row here's what he would say hey I love you my son died for you and I want a relationship with you what would God say to the end God would say I love you My son died for you, I want a relationship with you. But now, here's the catch, he does love you, his son did die for you, he does want a relationship with you. But in that relationship, like every good, healthy relationship, there is both a demand and a return. Here's the demand, God says, I die for you, now you die for me. Die to what, God, die to you. You don't just acknowledge me. You've got to allocate your life to me, Brent. You've got to wake up every day. And when God says by the Word, when God says by the Holy Spirit, when God says through the podcast, when God says through the worship song, when God says through the preacher, I'm calling for that. I've never called for that before, but I'm calling for that. I'm putting my hand on that. I want that now. You have to say, God, I'm giving you that. It's not a perfect giving. If you're anything like me, you give and take back, give and take back, give and take back until you finally get tired of the tug of war and the armrests and you say, okay, God, you can have it. Tired of fighting with you. You acknowledge God. You allocate your life to God. And here's the promise. Here's the promise. God will antidote the insanity of your life. The things that you can't fix, that I can't fix, that others can't fix... He can fix he can heal he can mend he can restore he can make new every head bowed every eye closed in this place today father this is a uh, this is a tough sermon it's a tough word step two is a is a is a is a tough step it it sounds good and fluffy and promising we believe that god greater, higher power could restore our lives and our sanity, we, we want, as Chad said, the B or the C part of that. We want our lives and our sanity back. But in order for our lives to come back and our sanity to come back, we first have to acknowledge that there's insanity, that we don't have possession of our lives, that something else has possession of our lives and that you're not okay with that. You don't want us owned. You don't want us controlled. You don't want us to be under the supervision of something else other than you, you created us. God, today, I, I know it's a tough word. It's a tough word for me is I've been wrestling with it for the last couple of weeks. God, there's still places of grandioso thinking inside of me that I can go fast, that I never have to slow down, that I can keep every commitment, dot every T, cross every I, have every conversation, meet every need. God, I understand that I'm not a God. I, I, the rules aren't different for me. I, I can't. There's other areas in my life In your life today where we've got some grandioso thinking and that grandioso thinking if it's not checked right now by the love and the grace of the holy spirit it's going to lead you to a place of fall it's going to lead you to a place of catastrophe and humiliation and in that if you if you if you make it to that if you go through that god didn't give up on you god was with you every step of the way god knew you were going to get there God's still there for you. He doesn't want that for you, as Brooke tells me. He don't want you to fall, but if you do fall, God will be there with you and help you and love you through the fall. But when He picks you back up and starts walking with you on the journey, He's going to be saying the same thing. I want that. I want the insanity. I want the grandioso thinking. I want the addiction. I want the greed. I want the lust. I want that gone. I I want it. I want it, and I won't relent. I'm the hound of heaven. I won't relent until I have it all. Your heart. God, today, I I just simply pray you've done so much in all of our lives. God, I know this is challenging and stirring. I I just pray today that each and every one of us in here with true humility, with true sincerity, God, that we would say, okay, God. I'm not saying it's fixed. I'm not saying it's over. But God, I'm acknowledging that you're there. I'm acknowledging that, that my way is probably not the best way. That me doing what I want to do is, 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 has lead me, led me to a place of being an outcast, asking animalistic in my behaviors. God, I'm open today. I'm open for you to talk to. I'm open for you to love on. I'm open for you to encourage, for you to convict, for you to strengthen. Here's what we want today. God, we want to walk out of here challenged. We want to walk out of here more like you. We want to walk out of here in a right relationship with you. Experiencing the kingdom of heaven in our lives. And releasing it to the world around us that so desperately needs it today. God, I pray you would do that. And even more as each man, woman, boy, and girl has their own needs in this room. Would you do it today in Jesus' name?